Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. We've been going through relationship series. Last week, we learned about relationship between God and us, the most important relationship. Now, God is in us and we are in Him. How do we know? If we obey His word and if we confess with our mouth, with our heart, that He is the Lord, He died for us and He rose from the dead, gospel confession, then if we remain in that gospel confession, then we are in Him and He is in us. That's the most intimate relationship between Him and us. Now today, as a continuation relationship, we are going to touch on very, very important relationship between man and woman. And we are going to study from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. It reveals, unpacks the very, very important secret about relationship between man and woman. So let's look at today's verse together. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Two shall become one flesh. Who are two? Man and woman. Man and his wife, woman. Now, when we, when it comes to men and women, there's a lot of confusion going on these days. Now, we need to know who did God create. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, it clearly says man, God created man and woman. He did not create something in between, like a, some sort of different gender or outside of gender. That's not how God created. God clearly created only two uh, genders, man and woman. Uh, but I heard the news long time ago um, from Canada. There's a man who was about 62 years old, but all of a sudden he decided to call himself as woman, but not just that, he decided to become, uh, call him two-year-old uh, girl. So that was, uh, there was a picture of him, and then, um, I don't know about you, but I was like, wow, that is really uh, interesting. Now, because people uh, these days, a lot of people think that they can decide their gender, and they can even decide uh, their age. And uh, they can decide everything about who they are. Now, is that really right? Well, I don't think so. Well, if I say, um, I am Australian. I decided to become Australian. Then you might say, oh, Sammy, that is not right. You are Korean and you have American citizenship. So you are American as well. But by no means, you are, uh, Aust- you're not Australian. Well, if I say, well... You know, I don't care what you say, but I'll just decide from today that I'll become, I'll be a Australian. Well, if that's true, then everything that we uh, say about we are about ourselves become true. Then the world, whole world, will be in chaos. You know, you have your driver license, you have your citizenship, you have your passport, and it has information about who you are. But if you go beyond it, if we change it, alter it, and by replacing it, replacing it with whatever identities that we come up with and we decide, then that is not only wrong, but that is totally causing a lot of confusion and chaos among all people. But what's what, what about the calling? yourself if you're a woman what about you calling yourself as a man or uh what if you're 50 54 years old but you call him you you are saying you are four year old then i'll be confused for sure when you say that 
But this, these things are going on all around the world uh, these days. So we need to go back to the truth. What is the truth? The Bible is clearly telling us there's a truth about gender, that God created man and woman. So that is the starting point. Now, when you look at how man and woman were created, you know, they were both created in God's image. But Adam was the first man and uh, Eve was the first woman. And then she, God took the rib out of Adam cre- to create women. Uh, so that's how God created men and women uh, in the first place. Now, as a continuation, we see that God is calling the men and women to be what? One flesh. As you can see in today's verse, that for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother, parents, right? And be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, what does this one flesh mean? Now, the one flesh, it means covenant and commitment. Covenant and commitment. Now, in the Bible, we see a lot of places, a lot of places where talk, talking about covenant relationship between God and man, right? But also, for the covenant to be lasted, the commitment should be there. The covenant is what we agree with each other, and commitment is what we act upon that commitment to make it the covenant, uh, covenant to be real. So, both Covenant and commitment are very, very important aspect of relationship, and both of them are in one flesh. Now, why is that? Now, if we have one body, I mean, I have only one body, right? My my brain belongs to my body. My body parts belongs to uh, one another. So they are not separable. So there is uh, there is an inherent the covenant between each other. We are here together until we die, until we decay, right? So that's the covenant. But what is the commitment? Commitment is to make it happen, right? Uh, my arms, my arms are uh, committed to my body so that my, my arms will not leave me or my legs will never leave me. If that happens, then I will not be here at all. Okay, so we have, my body has the covenant and commitment to each other. Just like that, man and woman, when they marry together, they will make that covenant and then they will make that commitment. The wedding ceremony is the covenant when men and women being together in front of everyone saying that man is um, married to this his wife and a woman is married to her husband and they're making the promise they are making the agreement solid and solemn agreement to each other that they they will love one another until the death apart so that is the covenant part but that is not the end right if the wedding ends if the marriage ends right there then it will be a disaster but uh after the covenant was made, what they do is the marriage life. So marriage life is the commitment. So how much commitment do you have to your spouse? That is very, very important to make the covenant real in their life. But we see a lot, a lot of problems because what you know, it's easy to say that you become one flesh. But uh, in reality, you know, two 
totally different people become one flesh. There, there must be a lot of issues and a lot of problems, right? I've been married to Debbie, uh, my wife, for 23 years. You know, we are totally different. I am very introverted and she is extroverted. And I, she loves chicken and I hate chicken. We have different appetites. So everything is really different. MBTI and Strength Finder is all different uh, from each other. So it was very challenging in the beginning of our marriage life because two different people living together as one flesh is not definitely easy. You know, I mentioned that I hate chicken. So whenever I go to a conference for three days or a retreat for four days, and when I come back home, I see a lot of chicken bones because, you know, they, uh, my wife and my kids, uh, they they kind of sacrifice themselves not to eat chicken in front of me. But when I'm outside, they kind of di- they did a all chicken party for three days and four days. So what what are, what's happening there is this, you know, no matter what differences we have, we make the commitment to love one another. But love involves action. That commitment involves action. We have to sacrifice what we like and what we love to do for the sake of uh, those who are with us, especially the one who is my body right? One flesh. That means we need to sacrifice. Let's say if the brain wants to go there, but if the arms, if arms are tired, you may not want to go there because you're for the sake of arms. What is that commitment? I'm going to be with this body. I'm going to be with this arm. I'm going to be with my brain forever until we die. So that is the commitment part. Of course, that's not easy. That's why a lot of young people these days, they do not want to get married. Because as this verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, a man shall leave his father, his mother, and be joined to his wife. That is how marriage happens, right? You are independent from your parents and you become, you belong to your spouse. But some young people say, oh, that's almost like a moving from one prison to another prison you just left your prison like your family your parents and mother uh, your parents but now you are moving to another uh, prison that you you have to sacrifice yourself and you don't have any life YOLO you only live once that means you have to uh, enjoy your life by yourself just do not um, do not make yourself belong to somebody else you live your own life Right. I mean, that that is a lot of people, how a lot of young people and even older people think that way. OK, so they do not want to get married because they do not want to make that covenant that I have to take care of somebody else. I just want to take care of myself. I want to live my whole life just whatever with whatever we, I want to do. So that is a really sad reality that's a lot happening. But even when you get married, right, uh, some people get divorced. Why? Because they made a covenant. However, along the way, somehow there's a, a conflict, there's a disagreement, and um, they're like, you know, I don't want to make that commitment anymore. I reached my limit. You know, that person is not my type. Or this person is not listening to me at all. It's not respecting me at all. So we cannot live any longer. So that's why a lot of people kind of fail uh, their commitment. 
and also ultimately their covenant. So a lot, a lot of percentage of people, almost like a half in the United States, even including Christians, are getting divorced because of that. But however, we need to make sure what the marriage relationship is really about. As we saw in today's verse, it is one flesh. It is becoming one flesh. Of course, it is almost impossible how the two different people living together until they die. It is almost impossible, but nothing is impossible in God because it is God who brought them together. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8 and 9 clearly says, we are we become one flesh but it is not us it's not that we choose of course it looks like we choose our spouse but ultimately it is from god that god brought us together god brought men and women together to be one flesh so that they will no one can separate them if i separate my arm from my body that means i am sadistic psycho right i will never do that I will never sacrifice that, right? Likewise, if you separate between husband and wife, then you are separating what God has brought together. So we have to be we have to be obedient to the Lord and that obedience requires that obedience requires commitment. So that's why the commitment is serious business. And commitment is not easy. Well, making covenant may be easy. You just make that covenant, right? But commitment is the thing that you really keep it. You really mean it, right? And you really uh, put into practice. And then that is the true uh, married relationship between men and women. Okay, so the marriage marriage relationship must be sacred, and uh, all all the things that we do as husband and wife must be in that boundary within the covenant and commitment. But here is the bigger news: Ephesians chapter five does not end between man and woman relationship because there's a reason why we get married. There's a reason why we become one flesh because it is to reflect the relationship between. Jesus and his church. Now, Jesus is here in this context representing husband, and the church is representing, symbolizing the, the uh, woman, um, the uh, wife. Why? Because Jesus gave himself for the church, that Jesus died for the church. Jesus sacrificed himself to give eternal life to this, uh, the church so that the church is, is uh, being subjected to Jesus Christ and willingly, joyfully submit herself to Jesus. And that, is, that relationship is shown in the marriage relationship even on the earth. So we can practice what Jesus has done and what we do to him through loving him. Now Jesus died for our uh, died for us and he died on the cross to forgive our sins and he rose from the dead to give us eternal life. So that is what he did and what we need to do. We cannot die. I mean we cannot sacrifice uh, ourselves for uh, forgiving uh, 
Jesus, no, there's no way to do that because Jesus is God and he is sinless. So that's not our part. But what we need to do is submission, perfect submission to him, that we follow him as the Lord and Savior. And uh, we live a life for him forever. So that is our commitment for him. So the covenant relationship is there between Jesus and us. He is calling us as his children, as his sons and daughters, as his people, as his ambassador and we call him as our Lord and Savior. So that is the relationship, that is the covenant between him and us. Now we make this commitment. That is how we should love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul and body, everything. And we give ourselves as a living sacrifice to him, to live for him, to obey him, to uh, share his gospel, this goodness to all people all around the world. So that must be our commitment. Okay? So, continue, uh, continuing from last week, we have a relationship between God and us. It is a very intimate relationship. Well, marriage relationship between husband and wife will end here, end on this earth. But ultimately, in heaven, we'll join Christ Jesus, and He will be our husband. And all the church, the church will become His wife, one singular wife. Okay? So, in the earth, between men and women, we are practicing what is going to happen in heaven here through marriage relationship. So the marriage must be a joyful submission to the Lord, even though men and women loving each other, and man, I mean, uh, husband sacrifices himself as Jesus sacrificed himself for the church, and as a wife submits to her husband. Uh, the church must submit herself to Christ Jesus. So that is the relationship between Jesus and us is reflected in man and woman, husband and wife relationship. So going back to the marriage relationship, how should we live? The man, husband, must sacrifice for his wife. Well, just because a wife must submit to his her husband doesn't mean that we are ruling over them, we are uh, governing over them. That is not the case. We must submit ourselves to one another, to our wives, through sacrificing ourselves to for her, for them. Likewise, uh, wives must uh, submit themselves to their husbands. Meaning that you uh, show respect, but not just showing the respect, but listen and follow what the husbands are saying. Of course, there can be different uh, exceptions. That there's, there can be different maturity level and everything. So that we must be uh, submit, submissive ultimately to the Lord so that God will continue to mature us. So in my first uh, few years in my marriage, I can confess to you that I was not mature at all. And my wife was more mature. Uh, and I, uh, there was a very uh, long period of time of suffering, emotional suffering because of that. However, we focused on the Lord. We learned how to obey the Lord through marriage. And over time, God matured both of us so that marriage relationship became stronger and stronger. So, husband, you need to learn first to obey the Lord so that you know how to love your wife. Listen to her, embrace her, encourage her, and always respect her. 
very very important so sacrifice your time even when you are very busy because of your work you really need to set your time for your wife at least once a week but at the same time your uh, wives you need to learn how you can obey uh, the Lord first so that you will learn how you can uh, follow and respect and s- submit yourself to your husband so that your life as a wife would be very naturally flowing through your relationship with the Lord and that will be reflected in your relationship with your husbands. So let's continue to learn how we can form this relationship and practice this relationship even at home, starting from man and woman relationship, husband and wife relationship, if you are married. Now, if you are not married, Apostle Paul sometimes, he said, it is better to be single in case where you are called uh, for celibacy to really dedicate and devote yourself to the Lord only. But even but in the relationship, in the marriage relationship, you will need to um, practice the holiness and sacredness before you got married. Meaning that a sexual relationship is only allowed in the marriage relationship because you are not one flesh with someone yet. If you are single, but when you are getting married. Um, you need to also remind yourself that it is becoming one flesh with that person so that you are exercising your uh, oneness with Christ Jesus. So always being praying in this relationship and reflect the Lord Jesus Christ through your relationship for God's glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for teaching us about this relationship between men and women. Um, Father, we pray that as we are living in this dark world where there's a confusion and where there's a lack of commitment and covenant, we pray that you would restore our families, especially marriage relationships, so we will not be sidetracked and we will not be uh, drifted away from the truth, but we'll be able to practice this sacred relationship between men and women to reflect Reflect the relationship between you and us, Lord. So, Father, please help us and guide us, Lord. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.